0: The first reading may be found on page 123 in the New Testament. It is taken from Acts chapter 8, beginning at verse 14. Now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. The two went down and prayed for them, That they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet the Spirit had not come upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for the gospel reading. The Gospel reading may be found on page 57, Luke 3, verses 15 to 17, and 21 and 22. Alleluia, alleluia. Christ was revealed in flesh, proclaimed among the nations, and believed in throughout the world. Alleluia. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, According to Luke. As the people were filled with expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Messiah, John answered all of them by saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his granary. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Verse 21. Now when all the people were baptised, And when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven You are my Son, the Beloved. With you I am well pleased. This is the Gospel of the Lord.
1: So let's pray. Show us yourself this morning, Lord Jesus. May we know who you are and who we are. And may we serve you accordingly. Amen. We're in Epiphany, a time of revealing. Jesus was revealed to the wise men, the Gentiles, we three kings of Orient are, etc. Today we hear about another revealing, another revelation. How do we know that an event in the Gospels is important? The answer is... It will appear in all of them. Our Gospel reading today records just such an event. It's in all four Gospels. It's historical narrative with important theological information. John was constantly warning of the coming Messiah. Some asked if he was the one. John has to say no. No someone more powerful is coming. Almost in passing, Luke mentions Jesus' baptism. Then the Spirit comes on Jesus and God the Father endorses him. Jesus' baptism is important. The Holy Spirit's coming on him afterwards is vital. John's audience had grown up with the assumption that since they were Abraham's descendants and therefore members of the chosen race, they were already in a right relationship with God. John had to destroy this false confidence and convince them that not even the greatest spiritual privilege of being an Israelite could make an individual right with God and acceptable to him John's actions conveyed the same message Gentiles could become Jews by baptism those who were already Jews didn't need it by preaching baptism to them John places Jews in the same category as Gentiles not God's people All those who responded to John's preaching were baptized. They all needed to acknowledge they were in the wrong relationship with God and no longer his people. But there was going to be a notable exception. Jesus deliberately chose public baptism. To intentionally identify himself with John's message and the revival movement it created, not needing forgiveness, he chose to identify with God's purified, prepared people. It was necessary to, to it was necessary to fulfil God's salvation plan. Whether as king or Isaiah's prophesied righteous servant, the Messiah represents Israel. As such, he identifies fully with his people. Obediently doing this, he's anointed by the Spirit to accomplish his mission. Ultimately, he will die for his people. Jesus persuades John that it's right that he baptises Jesus. By doing so, they both do God's will. The transition to the promised one is accomplished. Immediately Jesus had been baptised. The heavens were opened. In the Old Testament, it's used of key moments of revelation or provision. God acts. Jesus and John experience a revelation that others don't. God's spirit comes on Jesus. The prophesied age of the Spirit is beginning. Jesus from Jesus from his conception was with the Holy Spirit. He must experience the Spirit's formal anointing to baptise others with that Spirit. It's the formal start of his ministry and crucial to it. It reflects the king's coronation of the Old Testament and Isaiah's recording of God's servant's commission. Jesus receives power wisdom and holiness to fulfil his ministry. The opening of the heavens came with God's revelation. He speaks from heaven directly authoritatively revealing the identity of the one who's received the Spirit and defines the uniqueness of Jesus' relationship with him. My son, the beloved, in whom I am well pleased. He's God's chosen one. Isaiah's prophecy of God's righteous servant is fulfilled. In Isaiah 42, verse 1, God says, Look at my servant. He comes as the Lord's answer to the predicament of a world without his revelation. His ministry is the genuine, permanent, worldwide justice that comes with God's kingdom. That's his rule and glory. He brings this world what it lacks a true word from God, the answer to its needs, shown in its search for idols. His task is gigantic. It's nothing less than to put God's plans for his people into full effect and to make the truth about the Lord, Israel's God, known everywhere. And that's especially the fact that he alone is the sovereign creator and Lord of history. The servant must bring the revelation of God to the Gentile world. It's a world full of gods, small g, however unreal. They still exercise immense power over people's hearts and minds. Really, there is only one God, capital G, controlling the future as he has the past, who guarantees fulfilment of his promise. Jesus is revealed as God's servant in his baptism. In his work, God is doing new things. What happened at Jesus' baptism is a foretaste of Pentecost. The disciples became the church, Christ's body on earth, called to be God's servant as Jesus was. His task is our task. He still gives the Holy Spirit for God's work. Without the Holy Spirit, there's no church. The Holy Spirit is the source of life who controls the universe. He inspired the Bible writers. He interprets the Bible to us. He witnesses to Christ, convincing of sin, righteousness and judgment. He awakens conscience. He calls people to repentance and gives faith. He interprets prayer to the Father. He transforms our character, sanctifying us. And he gives and controls gifts to the church. That's how Jesus equipped and still equips his disciples, us, His church, now. That's why I say, without Him, there is no church. We are to bring to our world the revelation of God's kingdom, His reign of grace, reconciliation, mercy and justice. We're engaged with God in His mission. How do we do it? Well, the Anglican Communion does sum it up for us. It's by proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, by teaching, baptising and nurturing new believers. It's responding to human need by loving service. It's by transforming unjust structures of society, challenging violence of every kind and pursuing peace and reconciliation and it's by striving to safeguard the integrity of creation and to sustain and renew the life of the earth. Israel's situation in Jesus' earthly time was bad. Roman occupation, a puppet government, corrupt taxation, a corrupt priesthood, money-loving, self-righteous religious leadership. Out of that, God, through John, called people to repent in preparation for Jesus and the Holy Spirit's coming. Our situation is bad. Nationally, we turned our backs on God and turned to individualism and consumerism. Not loving God, we don't love our neighbours as we should either. Human evil leads to the opposite of God's intention of peace, plenty and wholeness for his creation. Creation is reversed. The consequence is chaos. The solution is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need to examine ourselves as to whether we're God's righteous servant in Jesus' mould, living to make God known, both corporately and individually. If not, we need to repent, to turn around. We need to live God's standard of righteousness Loving him with all of our being and others sacrificially as Jesus loves us. We must plead with God to pour out his spirit on us and our country to bring people to himself. Without God, Father, Son and Holy Spirit there's no hope. With him, there is all hope. He is God Almighty, creator and ruler of the universe. Let's pray. This epiphany season, Lord, reveal yourself to us as you are. And Lord, grant that we might know the power of your Spirit and be inspired to serve you as you should be served, that your will might be done on earth, Lord. Amen.